two provisions with Dexter Poets. Prepare yourself for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of principal teachings for practical success. Provisions. What's up, visionaries? I'm back. Man, it feels so good to be back. Uh, today, I want to talk to you guys about discipline. But in order for me to talk to you about discipline, we also have to talk about distractions. Because a lot of us feel that we need to get better um, at discipline, um, making sure that we do the things that we're supposed to do, the things that we say we're going to do, things that we're uh, aligned to do, definitely things that we are called by God to do. So we work on that discipline. But some, some of us are actually better in the discipline area than we give ourselves credit for. Not everyone. Trust me, a lot of us do need um, to work on our discipline, to get, you know, to be, to be better uh, in terms of that disciplinary uh, area in our life. However, I do believe that there are a few of us who are better at discipline than we give ourselves credit. And one reason why we feel that we're not good at discipline is because of distractions. We very rarely talk about the number one weapon from our enemy. We think it's sex. We think it's money. Uh, we think it's vanity in terms of or, or riches or whatever all those things is, but it's not. The number one weapon that Satan uses against us to destroy our families, to destroy our savings, uh, our businesses, is actually distraction especially if you're trying to start up a business or, um, you know, you, you, you uh, set out to do simple housework or um, you make a commitment of any kind of any level. And when we fall, not fail, there's a difference between falling and failing. A lot of us fall and they perceive it in their mind that they failed and they end up just laying there. It's a bit like the prodigal son. He came to his senses and he realized, hey, I don't have to keep laying in this pool of mud with these pigs. You know, I do have a father. And that's what a lot of us have to do. We have to understand the difference between falling and failing. Because when we fall, we just get back up. The only way a child of God can actually fail is they quit. Other than that, you have to keep on running. And sooner or later, a child of God will win. But again, we need to understand the weapons of this warfare, okay? Because once we understand our enemy's weapons, we know how and when to use our weapons or our defense mechanism, our shields, uh, to withstand the attacks of our enemy, okay? So I don't know what any of you are going through right now. I'm sure a lot of us is going through a lot of things. It's the accumulation of the, the Shimata some bad decisions on top of it, the Shimata. Hey, go back and listen to the last 11 episodes uh, of my first season. And I'm telling you, God was right on point. Not me, but God was right on point. Um, I don't know uh, my grade from 2020 to 2021. Um, and that's why I started second season in 2022 because I kind of wanted a grade. I don't know, but I can tell you this. I, I do not believe I got an F or a B, um, meaning I did not fail. But I also believe that, well, I mean, evaluate myself, which is, I mean, you know, we're supposed to judge ourselves, right? Not judge others. 
I, I know I don't have an A. I definitely didn't get an A. So there are some areas that I didn't do well in. Uh, there's some areas I did better in. Um, so I don't know where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm I probably would give myself a B. I don't know. I don't know what God would give me. He might give me a C. He might give me that little. I don't know. You know. Uh, but I, I pray um, that He did not um, greatly let love. Um, so I'm going to stick with the fact that I probably got a C or a B, which tells me I got a lot of work to do. You may have a lot of work to do. So I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're planning. Just because it might not have worked out the first time, don't give up on it. Make better plans, okay? Um, make achievable plans, all right? Um, but make sure that you account while you're making your plans for distractions. Now, I'm going to talk to you about a story, okay, in the Bible. I'm going to just explain to you how distractions work, particularly with uh, Satan, okay? Now, let's just take a look at it. We're going we're gonna to turn our Bibles. Yeah, you see my Bible. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely utilizing this thing. Because you don't need to get another one, all right? So we're going to turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to begin at verse 38. Now, um, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. So if you have a different version, your version might be slightly different. But the story still should be the same, all right? All right, so we're going to start reading at verse 38 of Luke chapter 10 from the New King James Version, all right? And here we go. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, <clears throat> I could have went to other things. I could have talked to you about more so in the disciplinary area when we start talking about when uh, the kale that kind of fell uh, from the sky when the children of Israel was in the wilderness um, and they was instructed when to eat and not to save, et cetera, which is basically dealing with their discipline and some of them failed in their discipline. And wasn't too much distraction besides their own personal greed and selfishness. So that does play a role. And Satan plays with, with that. But I chose this one because I like this particular distraction. And I'm going to explain to you why. Okay. Now we know Mary and Martha was very close to Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, um, the their brother Lazarus. So these are Jesus' close friends. He loved both of them. Martha was prepping, uh, cooking, okay? And, uh, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and Jesus was, well, talking to her. He was giving her wisdom, sharing the gospel, i.e. the good news, right? Um, while Martha was working in the kitchen uh, or wherever, um, she felt like, you know, you know Mary should have got up and, and kind of helped, right? Now, here's my point. She looked at, you guys are talking. She don't know what they're talking about. But anything that Jesus says is most important. In fact, it's so important that when he died, he promised to send us another teacher, another help, another comforter. 
that's going to bring back all things that he taught and even give us things that we wasn't ready for yet and things that he didn't even say or didn't even teach. That's the Holy Spirit. We know that, right? So what he's saying is like E.F. Hutton. Some of you may know E.F. Hutton, so I want to, you know, date myself, okay? But when Jesus speaks, we all should have been listening. The, the, the thing about this is Martha thought that she was doing the most important work. She was serving. I'm going to speak in a religious sense before I get into the business sense, okay? A lot of times, every church work is not God's work. And you have to learn the difference. You have to learn when you are um, feeling obligated to serve church work. Now, again, I'm a pastor, so I'm not saying, don't go out there and do church work. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you need to understand that sometimes church work is just church work. And some church work is God's work. And you have to understand the difference. The reason why you need to understand the difference is because Satan knows the difference. And when our heart is set on doing God's work, Satan likes to intervene and he will implement any kind of work and make it appear as if it's God's work, but it's some other work. We feel like we're doing a, a, you know, a, a, a good thing. And it just makes us feel good because it makes us feel like we're, you know, um, you know, being productive. You know, I talk to a lot of our missionaries, evangelists, when we go um, to other cities and we feed the poor. And I, and I tell them, I'm like, listen, um, don't be this, you know, don't, don't, don't get a big head. Yeah, we went up there and we served, uh, you know, a hundred people. How many of them hundred people just simply got a free meal? They're not needy. They're just greedy. They wasn't hungry, you know. Um, they just saw a free meal and, and, and they took it. I mean, just, just think about it. Um, you take pictures, you post it on Facebook. We're out there, we're, we're serving the people, we're serving the poor. And they are no different than you. I remember we had a um, food pantry. Uh, and in our food pantry, you know, we're giving our groceries, we're giving our meat, we're giving our canned goods, we're giving our packages, all kinds of things. And I literally would see people back up, you know, to where we was distributing the boxes. Uh, we had a staff that would bring, bring the boxes of groceries to the car. These people was pulling up in Mercedes, BMWs, uh, brand new Hondas, of course. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I'm not knocking. I mean, you know, we all have nice cars and we all want nice cars. So don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is, uh, you know, I hope that that person was just being generous to bring the person who needed groceries to the food pantry so they can take home because they can afford a car. But if that Mercedes or that BMW belonged to the person, then we're not doing anything. All we're doing is pacifying greedy people and patting ourselves on the back, making us think that we are actually serving, but we're not. That's what you know Martha was doing. She was preoccupied, like Jesus said. But look what he said. He and, and I love how he said it. He said, uh, but Martha was distracted with mustang. Look what Jesus said. He said, Martha, Martha. Jesus, it's like barely, barely. When he says those things, he intends for us to pay attention, close attention. And he's very sincere. Remember when he told Simon Peter that Satan desired to shift him to him? 
Simon, Simon. In other words, you can almost guarantee what I'm saying. And I'm not sure, I mean, did Martha actually understood what Christ was saying, but it is recorded for us, for, for us so that we understand. He said, Martha, Martha answered and said, you are worried and troubled. Now, this is, this is the part that I want you to get to. A lot of those distractions causes stress on us that we didn't even need. And sometimes that stress was implemented by God. Yes, some of it is implemented natural consequences. The job that we chose that was not a godly job, but some, some other job or some other situation or event that we took in terms of serving, we brought that stress and worry upon ourselves. But some of it was God also. The reason why I say some of it could have been God is because he wants you to understand you're not doing my work. You're doing your work. You're doing work so that people can look at you and say, oh, look what you're doing. And, and we as Christians have to get beyond that. Now, I've got to flip this a little bit from the religious part to the business part. See, sometimes we go out there and we, we, we come up with a name for our business. We try to get the paperwork done. And we, we start making cars and flyers and all these things before we actually study. Is this a good business for us? Um, to get the layout of the business, um, find someone who might have done that business if it's not as innovative, meaning it might be out there, um, you know, maybe uh, uh, a driving school. Well, that's not innovative, so I had it. But if you want to start a driving school, so maybe learn as much as you can. Maybe go talk to someone there, maybe talk to a supervisor, uh, instructor. And try to learn the business as much as you can to uh, avoid pitfalls. Um, if your business is innovative, always, whatever you do, pray before you do anything, okay? And, and, and kind of let God lead you. Make sure whatever business you do, you include God in it. And the reason why you're going to do that because, well, when you're a child of God and you belong to God, everything that you have and do, is God. So he has to be included in whatever it is that you do. And sometimes Satan will dingle uh, glitter and call it gold in front of us. And we're thinking that we're actually doing something. We're not doing anything. And then when everything falls apart, okay, well, it was a lesson learned. Yes, it was. But one thing that happened in terms of that distraction, we lost time. Folks, you can lose money putting into a business. And you can make that money back, but you'll never get that time back. Once I'm finished this today, I can never come back to this day. I can't. This is it. So time is so valuable that it cannot be duplicated, nor can it be replaced. So what we're trying to avoid is the waste of time. We want to manage our time wisely as we're trying to achieve what God wants to achieve. Now, again, this video is about discipline, and we just talked a lot about distraction. Now, think about it. If I'm trying to be disciplined upon something that I'm supposed to be doing, if I get distracted and that distraction causes worry and trouble, you know, and all of a sudden, notice after that, he says about many things. He's, he's talking particularly through Martha and not just her servant. He's talking to her like, you, 
you know, you, you, you're, you're busy and you're too busy. You're too busy doing things that you don't necessarily need to do. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that discipline, making sure that we streamline what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Okay. If we streamline what we're supposed to be doing, hey, things will work out a whole lot better for us. All right. And making sure that we go down the path that we need to go down and making sure we stay where we need to stay. All right. Um, in time, you know, time would only tell. Time would tell us our great in terms of discipline. We know what God told us to do. And we cannot let anything, even though it might seem important, get in our way. Even people. You notice when you start doing something, somebody end up calling you. And it's not somebody who you can say, oh, I'll call them back. It's always somebody you probably haven't heard from in, in a while or a company or, or, or even a job that you was looking for. Oh, I was waiting on this call. Something always seemed to distract us from whenever we're doing God's work or planning God's work or trying to implement somehow. Satan is the master of distraction. It's his number one weapon. You're sitting in church and, and, and you've been praying for weeks. And you're looking for God to give you an answer. And as soon as the minister, how can they hear without preaching, right? As soon as the minister began to tell you what God told him or her, the door opened. You turn your head. Uh, baby start crying. You look over there. And you didn't catch everything. He always seemed to get us at the moment the answers are there. Or at the moment we're striving to complete the goal. And then when things doesn't work out, we fall. And then we start thinking it's, it's a failure. And what do we do? Well, we begin to pick up other distractions because it keeps us busy. It makes us feel like we're actually doing something when the reality is producing nothing. Remember, God's main goal is to produce fruit. You have to produce produce, okay? That's the main thing. And that produce, I'm not going to get into that. Maybe that's another podcast. But that produce is not, uh, well, definitely ain't fruit on a tree. And a lot of, I hear preachers and evangelists talk about that produce is souls. Um, we are in the soul uh, uh, searching business. We're not saving souls. God saves souls. We are administering the gospel. And the gospel does the rest with God. That's what happens, right? But while we're doing that, you may not believe this. We're supposed to prosper in the work that we're doing. That is finance. A lot of people don't want to believe that, but Christians are supposed to be prosperous. Now, don't misunderstand prosperity. I mean, prosperous and prosperity with, you know, being billionaires. You can do it now. You can be rich. Again, that would be another podcast, but you can be rich and be a Christian. Do not think that you cannot have money and be saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's just going to be kind of hard because that money can cause distraction. There you go. And that money can take you away from your discipline, meaning the things that you're supposed to do. But is it possible? Yes. With God, all things are possible. But can you do it? We don't know. See, so a lot of times we pray to God, we pray to God in a mist because we're not ready to receive what we're asking him for. So he is trying to get us to demonstrate to him that I can handle what I'm requesting and I can handle what you have requested of me. But how do God see that? Through your discipline. How you handle 
distractions? How do you handle the things that he told you to do when Satan is throwing darts uh, at you, at me, at all of us? That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's what we have to learn to focus on and making sure that we account for the distractions because they're going to come and they come so, so clear and so clean that sometimes we don't even recognize that it's a distraction. Um, you know, I, I, I talk all the time about Facebook and I think since my wife think I dislike Facebook. I don't. What I notice about me, I go and check one thing on Facebook. Next thing you know, I see an old friend that I haven't seen in a while, and I'm like looking at it. Next thing you know, I'm seeing another one, and I'm scrolling down. Now I'm looking for someone. And when I was on Facebook, for I'm thinking in my mind, I'm going to be on here for about not even five minutes just to check something. Next thing you know, an hour, two hours. I just wasted two hours just looking at other people's business when I got my own business to take care of. So I, I'm not like anti-Facebook like people think. I'm not like Facebook, you know. Met family members I haven't seen before, contact friends from high school and college that I haven't seen before. I like it, but I know that it can be an easy distraction to me. So I limit myself off of it. You got to know your weapons, okay? Remember, we said there is a weapon formed against you, which means that weapon is designed. It's a designer weapon. It's designed specifically for you. The weapon designed for you probably won't affect me that much. And the weapon designed specifically for me probably won't affect you that much. But there is a weapon because our enemy has studied us. He knows us. He knows exactly what to throw at us. But we have to be prepared because we're winners. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and he is our best guide. He's our best comforter. He's our best counselor if we listen. That's the thing. Do we listen to the Holy Spirit? Can you know what happens when the Holy Spirit begins to talk? It's almost like a whisper. And then you know what happens after that? You start thinking. When we start thinking, it already trumped what he told us. You want to know why? Because now we're waiting. Okay. And, and, and then we find ourselves in a fork in the road. Okay, which one I want to do? Holy Spirit gave you this role, you gave this role. Or you gave this role, Holy Spirit gave you. Now you start, okay, which one is the, which one I'm being guided by God on? Which one is me? See, a lot of times it's like, we're not bad people who uh, how can I say this? Uh, who, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't hear God, or, or uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, know what to do. It's, it's not that. A lot of times we're just questioning: Is it me, or is it God? And I know you know each other. Somebody heard me know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not if we know clearly that with all these distractions, like the cell phone, computers, nine hundred channels on your television. I mean, I, I remember the congregation was asking me, like, why don't we hear God like they did back in, you know, days of Moses? I'm like, what was the distraction? There was no traffic. There was no cars. You know, uh, we'd go sit on the porch. You know, there was no set your phone ringing and this and all this other stuff. I mean, think about it. If we were farmers out there in the woods and, not, and none of these distractions, let's go watch TV. Families actually had to sit at the table and talk. Yes, talk. You know, have you ever been out to dinner? Uh, with your wife or your husband or your girlfriend or your boyfriend and even the kids nowadays. And as soon as you order, everybody got the cell phone and nobody is talking. That's a distraction. Satan is the master of distraction. And, and he put all this stuff in there. Do you realize that uh, the NFL, the NBA, all these sports arenas is made up out of the Romans uh, uh, Coliseums? Do you know why the Romans had so many games um, in the college, you know, different games and et cetera. They tell you it's 
is to keep the people from thinking about their problem. I.e., it was a distraction. And it really is. I can have a bad day in a Sunday. It's football. You know, I put it aside, go watch my game, go watch my skills. It's a distraction. We have to learn if, I don't care what's on television, I don't care who comes over to the house or uh, who asks me to do this, and they're so sweet. They're always doing that for you. They're always looking out for you. You need to stay focused on what you're supposed to be doing.